So as you can see, church, on the screens in a second, but also in your bulletin this morning, we do begin the first of our two messages on Bible reading and prayer in 2022. And just as a reminder of what we're doing in these two weeks, these messages won't be comprehensive studies on what the Bible is or what prayer is. Instead, in these two messages, our goal is simply to, Lord willing, be stirred on to read the Bible more and to pray more in 2022. And as I said a few weeks ago when introducing this, uh, because this is the essence of our relationship with God, hearing from Him in His Word and talking to Him in prayer, I do hope that every year here at ECC as we start a new year, we are reminded of these things because it would be such a great thing for us as God's people every year to renew our commitment and to be sparked on to read the Bible more and to pray. And so that's what we're doing this week and next week. But specifically for today, we're starting with the topic of reading our Bibles. And as you can see in the sermon title, what we'll do this morning on this topic is is pretty simple. Our only text is going to be John 20, 30, and 31, which was just read. And what we'll do here is we're just going to see two overarching reasons to read the Bible in 2022. Two overarching reasons to read the Bible in 2022. Now, of course, even as I say that, I want to be clear that there are many reasons why you and I should read our Bibles. Like, for example, the fact that this book really is God's word, God's words. Or the fact that Jesus Christ, when he was here about 2,000 years ago, he cared a lot about Scripture. Or the fact that in this book we find truth. Or the fact that the more we read and really love this book, the more we, we will sin less and love more in our lives. And more could be said. And I do encourage you at the outset of a message like this, that whatever encourages you personally to read your Bible... Take that and use it. Because above all, what matters is that you and I, as part of God's people, are people who actually and really read this book. But for this morning, once again, although there are numerous reasons to read the Bible, we're just going to focus on two reasons from John 20 here. And the reasons can be seen just by glancing at the text even really quickly. So right away, look down with me at verses 30 and 31. And as we read these, notice the two reasons that John says why he wrote what he wrote. Look down at your Bibles, verses 30 and 31 again. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And so as you can see, even if you're reading the ESV and the heading that they add here about this paragraph, these two verses give us the purpose of this book, meaning the purpose of the Gospel of John. And really quickly, I do want to be clear that in context, what we see here specifically applies to the Gospel of John here, which is now coming to the close. And and that means that technically here, John is not talking about the whole Bible. And yet, nevertheless, the reason I chose this text, and I think it's helpful, is because I do think that what he says here about the Gospel of John also applies to why we should read the Bible in general as well. But that being said, you can easily see the two reasons why this book was written. Both show up in verse 31. So in verse 30, John's simple point is that more could have been written. And that is true even of the whole Bible uh, as well. Because I, I know that we may think that this is a really big book, and it obviously is a big book, We can also all agree that the truth is God could have written a lot, a lot more. 
So that's the first thing John says. But then the reasons for what is written are in verse 31. What is written is first, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And then second, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. And so those are the two reasons why the Gospel of John was written. And they're the two reasons this morning that I hope we see why we should read our Bibles in 2022. First, so that we may believe. And second, that we may have life. And so now very simply for the rest of this morning as a simple outline, we'll just have a section about belief, section about life, and then third, we will conclude by practically applying it to all of us. So that said, let's now begin with our first section, our first reason and this idea of reading the Bible for our belief, belief. So again, verse 31, these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And even just hearing that, We probably read that or hear that and find it pretty simple because it seems plain to us. Because it seems that John is writing then this gospel for one main reason. So that unbelievers may come to believe. And specifically we probably hear that and we think so that unbelievers may come to believe a fact. Namely that Jesus of Nazareth is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. And I say though that that seems like the simple plain explanation of what's going on mainly because of how that sounds to us in English. It sounds as if John is primarily talking about unbelievers becoming believers, and it sounds as if he's wanting people just to believe a fact, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And if that were the case, then let's be honest, if many, since many of us here are already Christians who believe this, we may read a verse like that and think that this first reason to read our Bibles for belief doesn't apply that much to us. But I bring that all up because although that may be how it sounds to us in in English, and especially at first, I actually don't think that's primarily what's going on here in verse 31. That is included, but I and, and Bible teachers who teach this book don't think that John is primarily here talking about unbelievers, nor is he talking about just coming to think of a fact about Jesus. And here's what I mean, and this will apply a lot to why we, even as believers, especially as believers, need to read our Bibles. So to to see this, consider two things about what John is saying here about belief. Two things about belief. And the first is seen by answering the question of who this is really being written to. Because again, as as you probably hear this, we may think that, again, John is writing this to unbelievers so that they can believe. But in reality, when you study the Gospel of John here, and, and especially as you see his gospel as a whole, he actually has believers primarily in mind when he writes verse 31. He has people like you and me who already right now believe in Jesus in mind. And technically, we know this because of the verb tense that John uses for believe in verse 31. So stick with me. Think about it this way. If John wanted to write... People who study this book will point out that if John wanted to write here primarily to unbelievers, he could have made it clear by using a different tense of the verb believe than he did. He would have written something that sounded more like, these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ. And that would have been the past tense of the verb to believe, meaning to come to believe at a certain moment in time. And if that were the case, John's goal would be clear, that people who don't know Jesus might come to believe in Jesus perhaps for the first time. 
And yet that's not actually what our Bible says here in verse 31. Instead, interestingly, John decides to write verse 31 in that verb believe in the present tense. Now, now in English, it's a little harder to see, but it's plain in the original language. In English, it just reads more ambiguous like you see in your Bibles, like these are written so you may believe, present tense. But in the original language, because that word believe is in the present tense, it reads more like these are written so that you may be believing. Or perhaps even more specifically, so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And and that kind of thinking, this idea of continuing to believe, is very apostolic, meaning it's how the apostles, when you read the New Testament, think. Like a a great example of this is from Paul in in that famous Romans 1.16, which is a verse we all might know where he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. Right? Like here in John 20, we probably hear that verse and assume that Paul is talking about unbelievers becoming believers for the first time. And for sure, that is included. But when you study Romans, like when we study the Gospel of John here, what we come to see is that Paul in that verse is specifically talking about the Gospel bringing believers all the way to final salvation. Because the Gospel is the power of God unto salvation for believers, people who believe presently. And so something similar is true going on here. John is essentially saying that this book is written so that you and I, as believers already, may right now keep believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Or to say it another way, of course we want unbelievers to become believers. And of course that was going on when John wrote what he wrote here, but primarily the point of what is written not only in the Gospel of John, but in the Bible as a whole, is for us as believers. We're the ones who need to presently keep believing in Jesus Christ. We're the ones who do believe in Jesus Christ, and we want to continue believing in Jesus Christ. And so John is saying that he has written what he's written about Jesus so that that may happen, so that believers may continue to presently believe. So that's the first thing John is saying there about belief. But before we apply that to our Bible reading, and maybe you can already see how that will apply, before we do that, though, notice now the second thing that he says about belief here. So we asked who he's writing to, but now to see the second thing, we can ask, and what does he even mean by belief? And this is important, too, because, again, in English, I think our word believe can sound a little flat. Because as we alluded to a few minutes ago, when we hear, quote, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, not only might we assume he's talking about unbelievers becoming believers, but we also might assume that what he's really thinking about is primarily getting people to believe a fact, a truth, with that fact, that truth being Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Again, this is another place that when you really study what's going on here, that can't be the case. And that's because, as you might know, that verb that's there in our Bible here and all over our Bibles for believe, which is pistuo in the original Greek, is a word that did not mean to just believe a fact. In English, our word believe can mean that. Like if I were to say, I believe it's going to rain tomorrow, that's basically just me talking about something I think factually will happen. But in Greek, the word pistuo, to believe, meant to believe something to be true and to trust in that thing. 
It's a word that always included not just the head, but the will in the heart. Or as theologian J.I. Packer used to say, biblical belief is both credence and commitment. And this applies not only to John 20 here, but again to really all of our belief, all of our faith as Christians. Because think about it, when we say we're people who believe in Jesus, we can't mean that we just believe in Jesus' or God's existence. Because the Bible says elsewhere that even the demons believe in his existence. And not only that, but Jesus himself is the one who tells what I think is the scariest paragraph in the whole Bible, where he says that at the last day, some people will say to him, Lord, Lord, did we not do mighty works in your name? And Jesus says that he'll say to some of them, I never knew you. Depart from me. And so people can know and believe in the English sense facts about Jesus like he's Lord but not really be saved and so the point is true belief isn't just believing facts that's not what John would ever be talking about here in verse 31 instead to use his language from verse 31 true belief is yes it's believing the fact that Jesus is the Christ the son of God but then it's also trusting in him as that Christ trusting in him as that son of God to save you, to be your Lord and your God. Again, it's credence and commitment. And that then is the two things that John is getting about here with belief. First, he's writing to people who, like you and I, already do believe so that they can keep believing. And then second, the goal is not just to believe facts. It's not just knowledge. Instead, it's that we may continually, genuinely trust in Jesus Christ. And so now for us, as we say those two things, I hope you're seeing that that idea about belief is one of the main reasons why we then, as believers, need not only to read the Gospel of John, but the whole Bible in general, for our belief, so that we may keep believing, so that we may keep trusting in Jesus. And practically then, if you think about it that way, this means that Yes, we can get so bogged down with a lot of things in the Bible and Bible reading, with how big this book is, with all the stories it tells, with all the confusing things in it, with all the commands in it, and, many, and much more. And yet, with all that said, what this idea about belief that we see here shows us is that very simply, just forgetting about all that for a second, about how confusing and big the Bible is, what we need to realize is what we deeply need day in and day out. And why we read the Bible is because we, as believers, need to keep believing, keep trusting in Jesus Christ. Because think about it, as the Bible teaches, we're not only those who are saved by faith, but we also walk by faith, as Paul famously says. We live by faith, meaning our lives are defined by faith. And that's why, as we all know, we often just call ourselves simply as believers, Because we know what primarily sets us apart is the gospel that we believe. It's the Jesus in whom we trust. And so the question then is, well then how can you and I keep believing? How can you and I trust more in Jesus Christ? And the answer, church, technically is it all happens by God's spirit. But God's spirit does that. He sanctifies us very clearly through the word. And so it all comes by reading and listening more to what is written in this book. And furthermore, this really, if you think about it, fits with what we consider and what we know this book to be. Because if our goal is to believe in and trust in God, to trust in Jesus more, then think about it. How would that come about? 
what would come about by hearing from him more. And that's partly why when we as Christians don't read our Bibles, it, it really is damaging to us. It's, it's not damaging primarily just because reading our Bibles is something I know I should do and I happen to not be doing it. We really should try to stop thinking like that. Instead, it's damaging because who we are as Christians is ultimately those who believe, who trust Jesus, who trust God, and this is God's word. Right? And if the, therefore, if, if we don't listen to God's word, no wonder we will be trusting him less. And, and so in summary, this is the first reason to read God's word more in 2022. It's because by going to God's word, we're really helped as believers to keep believing, to really believe, meaning trust him. And specifically, just because John says this in verse 31, it's not just that we may vaguely believe in God more, but we're helped through the word to specifically trust more in Jesus, who is the Christ, the Son of God. Because this whole book centers on him. It's ultimately about him. And so the more we read these pages, even if we don't understand it all, even if it's confusing at times, still, the more we read God's word, the more we will trust in Jesus Christ. So that's the first reason to read our Bibles, for our belief, for our trust. But now we'll move on to our second reason. For this, let's just reread verse 31 as a reminder. So look down at your Bible, verse 31. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And so the second reason to read our Bibles is so that we may have life in Jesus' name. So it's for the sake of life. But in verse 31 specifically, notice the connection here that John makes between what's written, belief, and life. Because you can see it. It's a very simple logic. First, he says that these things are written. And then, as we saw in our last section, he says that these are written so that we may believe. But then third, he connects belief and life in a specific way. As he says, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. In other words, technically, belief and life are not just two separate reasons to read the Bible. Instead, apparently, they're connected. The ultimate goal, if you will, is life. But life comes from believing and continually believing in Jesus. And that comes about through reading the Word. And so the question for us is, well, what does this mean? What is this life? What, what did John mean that he wanted people to have life? And what does that mean for you and I, especially in 2022? Well, to begin to see what John meant, we need to know, and we probably do know, that just like this idea of belief is common in the Gospel of John, so this idea of life is really common as well. Like, for example, in the famous John 3.16, where out of love God sends his Son so that all who believe in him may not perish but have everlasting life. Or like in the famous John 10 where Jesus is talking about being the good shepherd for those who believe in him and the goal is so that they may have life and have it abundantly. Or on the flip side, in a little lesser known verse in John chapter 6, Jesus tells people who don't believe in him, he says, quote, you have no life in you. And so in the gospel of John, life is always the result of the end goal of belief. I think that's a helpful way for us to think about it because we may wonder, I mean, why really did Jesus come? Why really am I saved? Why do I trust in Jesus, that belief? And, and of course, there's many biblical answers we could give to questions like that. But perhaps 
The simplest one-word answer is Jesus did what he did and, and we are saved for the sake of life. <laughs> Meaning so that in Jesus who forgives our sins, we have a relationship with now, him now. In him we have true life now and forever. And now this connects to our reading of our Bibles because this means that we should not only say that our Bible reading is for our belief, that's true, but also we need to know that the end goal of that belief, that daily continual belief, is experiencing and having more true life, experiencing more of this life in Jesus' name. And saying it like that, experiencing more life, may sound strange, but I really do think that's ultimately what John is getting at here in verse 31. Because on the one hand, throughout this gospel, it's clear that we already have life in Jesus' name as Christians. And yet what's also true, church, is the more we do believe in Jesus and trust in Jesus, the more we will experience that life, his life, especially in our hearts, in our world, in, a, in our lives, in a world surrounded by sin and death. And so really practically then, perhaps even more than that first reason about belief, I hope it's this reason about life that really connects with some of us here this morning. Because it's one thing to say we need to trust Jesus more. And I hope we all agree we want to trust in Jesus's more, Jesus more. But experientially, day in and day out and every day of 2022, what we're all looking for is more true life. And that's why although this term life is a little vague, and it is, it's also, I think, really helpful. Because what is true life? Well, it's this abundant vitality and liveliness. We're just struggling for words. It's this connection with the God of all goodness and the God of life who therefore is able to give his people more and more life like we were meant to have now and forever. Now, this does not mean that we will be rich or necessarily healthy, or anything like that, because the Bible does not define those things as true life. Instead, it means that we have something real and vital, something unique, something originating all the way back from God himself, something given to us by Jesus, something that all of us as, as Christians have tasted, and we will taste forevermore. And so the point for us this morning is that in order to have more of that life in 2022, we really need to read our Bibles. Because what is written brings not only belief, but life. And then to be really practical, this then is where I think the rubber really meets the road. But because let's be honest, we can sit here in church or watch this and we can think that this is all good and true, but then when we're home, we all know that the world that we live in is offering us so many alternatives to this true life that we're all seeking. Right? Every day we're surrounded with affluence and screens and news feeds and TV shows and foods and pleasures that all in the end, if you want to think of it this way, are trying to fill that desire for life that God made us with. And in themselves, many of those things are not bad or sinful in themselves, but the Bible's point over and over is that true life, right, true vitality and liveliness isn't found in all of that. Instead, it is found in Jesus Christ and who he is and the gospel that he accomplished for us and in what he says to us in his word. And so very practically, a question for each one of us to ask ourselves in 2022 as we're starting again a new year is, where will I go this year? Day in and day out, 
for that so desired life? Where am I going to go? Because, because again, the world is throwing at us so many competing options, and yet, as we know, those op- options have not fulfilled in the past, and they will not fulfill in 2022. But when we take the time to go to God's word, to hear from him, the Bible tells us that here, as we hear from the God of life, we will experience more true life. And really quickly then, this is especially why we should maybe decide to try to do something like read the Bible every morning. Because one of the reasons that's become a common teaching, even though the Bible doesn't explicitly say you have to do that, it's really wise and helpful to do that, is because each and every day, We wake up not only tired and weary, but speaking of everything we've talked about this morning, ultimately every day we wake up needing to re-trust in Jesus, needing to reorient ourselves to experience more of the life we have in Jesus. And if we don't go to the Word, brothers and sisters, especially if we don't go there first and decide to go elsewhere, especially on places like our phones, we will easily seek all that elsewhere. And so to be able to reorient ourselves, to fuel our trust in Jesus and to reinvigorate that life we have in Jesus, reading the Bible, especially every morning, is a wonderful habit to get used to. But that very simply, brothers and sisters, is just the two reasons from this text of why we should read our Bibles in 2022, for our belief, our trust, and to experience more life in Jesus. Which finally brings us to conclude and talk about how exactly we can each start to do this more in 2022. And concerning the question of how, I think very practically we should consider two things here. First, that there are many things that are going to try to keep us from God's word. And then second, that we really need to plan if we're actually going to read more of God's word this year. And so first, considering the things that will keep us from God's word, of course, to begin, it should be said that the main thing that keeps us from reading the Bible is sin. And on this, John Bunyan famously said, the author of The Pilgrim's Progress, it's a great quote, and apparently he wrote this on the cover of his Bible, so maybe you want to do that. It's a great quote. He said, either this book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. And that's true, and that's helpful to consider. But also, even apart from just explicit sin, we need to realize that in our day and age especially, sometimes it isn't explicit sin that keeps us from this book. Instead, it's often, and perhaps more frequently, just busyness, right, and distraction, and just the all-prevalent entertainment around us. And as a sort of side note on that, I hope you know this. I learned this as I was studying for this, that our word entertainment is a good word for all that stuff because our word in English, entertain, originally comes from this idea of keeping someone in a certain condition or state of mind, which is why it sounds similar to our words enter and contain. And so let's be really clear. That's exactly what's going on with our social media feeds and constantly being in the news Netflix or sports or TV shows or more movies, they keep us. They provide us a certain level of enjoyment for sure, but above all, what they do is they they keep us. They can entrance us, if you will, in a certain condition or state of mind. And now I am not saying that those are necessarily sinful in themselves. They are not, and we can and should enjoy God's world. But let's be really clear when we're entertained mainly by that stuff, when we're kept there, and that then keeps us from this book. The point I hope we're all seeing this morning is if, that, if that's the case, then we will trust Jesus less. 
we will experience less of that life. And so we need to know things will try to keep us from God's word. But now on the positive side, in order for us to really read the Bibles, our Bibles this year, we each need to think about and perhaps plan how we're actually going to go and read more of God's word this year. And for this, the Bible does not command us to do it in one specific way. Right, the Bible is clear that we as God's people must be about God's word, but in terms of how, besides gathering together for worship where we do hear the word preached and we sing the word and we pray the word, I want to be clear that the Bible doesn't get specific about how personally we each need to do it per se. But let's also be really honest and vulnerable. If we don't try to think about how and plan maybe in advance what that will look like, we shouldn't be surprised if it really doesn't happen much. Which is the case for a lot of Christians, especially with all the competing distractions we have these days. And so with all that said, I do think each of us should perhaps consider figuring out and planning how you will engage God's word this year. And specifically then now for our church, that's why we're offering what we're doing with this 2022 Read Through the Bible plan. So now to introduce this a little bit, I don't know if you've ever read through the Bible in a year through a Bible reading plan. And if you haven't, though, let me just tell you, it is such an awesome thing to do. Because not only will you read through the whole Bible in a year, but it really is an attainable goal. Uh, It takes around 10 to 20 minutes a day. But most importantly, it's something that will just keep you in God's word consistently with a purpose day in and day out. But to introduce the plan that we are specifically doing this year, here's just two quick encouraging notes on this plan. The plan is called the Discipleship Journal Reading Plan. It came out by Nav Press, so this is not something we made, out, we made up. But two things about it. First, and most importantly, this plan has a handful of what are called catch-up days every month meaning there's only 25 days for each month in the plan, giving you five or six days on average to catch up. And this means that if you miss day, a day there, here, or days here and there, it's not a huge deal. And to be honest, it's really helpful because one of the main things that keeps people from reading Bible reading plans is that fear of getting behind or, or getting behind and feeling like they're going to drop out. But with this plan, that's more okay because of the catch-up days. And this is also really practical because though we weren't able to meet last week on January 2nd, even if you start on January 9th today, it's okay because you can just read one day at a time and eventually you will catch up. So that's the first thing about this plan. But the second, what's also great about the plan we're doing is that each and every day you will be reading from different places in the Bible, not just one place. And this is helpful because maybe when you hear read through the Bible, you just think starting Genesis 1, page 1, and reading all the way till the end. And and that's, that's a great thing to do, and perhaps at some point in your life you want to do that. But with the way the Bible is, if you think about it, That means that you'll be in the Old Testament for the far majority of the year, and then you only get to the New Testament towards the end of the year, and that can be really hard to do. And so instead, in our Bible reading plan, what's going on, for example, right now is we're mainly in a few chapters in Genesis, but then we're also reading a psalm a day, and then just part, part of a chapter from Matthew, not even a whole chapter, and then part of a Matthew from the book of Acts about the early church. And so it's really good to do something like this because you'll be in tons of different places in the Bible as well. But again, all that said, overall, I just really do encourage you here, for those of you here and those of you watching, to join us as we do this this year. There's no obligation, but we'd love for you to join us. And specifically, uh, if you want to join us, uh, there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer. 
Um, we'd love for you to sign up. And then also there are two versions of the plan. This one's just a little bigger in case you want a little bigger uh, for the checkboxes, uh, bigger font. This one's a little smaller. Um, you also can follow along on an app. For example, the version app has a great uh, version of following along with this. You can just search the Discipleship Journal reading plan on there. But either way, if you do decide to do this, we'd love for you to sign up because we'd hope within this church there be, be, can become sort of a little community of those of us who are reading God's word together, sticking with it together, and encouraging one another. And finally, one last thing on the Bible reading plan. Let me also just be really clear that if you do join, and for whatever reason you end up not being able to finish and dropping out, that is totally okay. Really, totally okay. Because once again, it is not a sin to not read the Bible all in one year at all. And so if so, for some reason you end up dropping out, which happens, it's really okay. There is Christian freedom. But one last time, church, it's really practical. I do encourage you considering joining us. There is no obligation, but as we are each trying to hear more from God in 2022, right? as we're trying to fuel that faith and trust in God and we're trying to experience more life, whatever you practically decide to do, reading God's word is the way for that to happen. And so whatever, again, you decide to personally do, I just encourage each of us to really be more in God's word in 2022. And if the Bible reading plan is something that sounds like something you might want to try, we'd love for you to join us. We already have a handful of people in the church who are doing it, and we'd love for you to do it along with us. Amen? Amen, church. Let's pray, and then we'll take the Lord's Supper.